Have you ever felt trapped in a high-paying job, chained to a life that's slowly slipping away? Day after day, the same routine, the same unfulfilling work, and the constant longing for something more? If you're nodding your head right now, feeling that weight on your shoulders, then this is the podcast you've been waiting for. Welcome to the W2 Prison Break Show. I'm Brian O'Neill, and I'm here to tell you that you're not alone. I've been in that prison too, sacrificing precious moments with my family, feeling the regret and resentment build up inside. But guess what? There is a way out, and together we're going to break free. Each episode, we'll dive deep into the stories of incredible individuals who have successfully made their escape, who have turned their dreams into reality, and who now live lives filled with purpose, joy, and abundance. But we won't stop at inspiration alone. We'll equip you with the tools, strategies, and mindset shifts needed to break through the barriers that have held you back for far too long. Together, we'll ignite your entrepreneurial spirit and unleash the business genius within you. It's time to take action, to shatter the chains that bind you, and to embrace a future filled with unlimited possibilities. The W2 Prison Break Show is your key to unlock the door to a life of purpose, fulfillment, and success. I invite you to join me on this transformative journey. Subscribe now to the W2 Prison Break Show and let's embark together on the path to freedom. Remember, it's never too late to break free and live the life you've always dreamed of. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the W2 Prison Break Show. Hope you're having a great day, whatever you're doing. If you're driving in your car or you know, you're at work or whatever you're doing. Maybe you're taking the day off and you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you're on a walk. I do that a lot. I listen to podcasts when I walk. Anyways, I'm just glad to have you here. And if this is the first time that you've checked out the W2 Prison Break Show, welcome. And thank you for your ears. And we hope that this episode serves you because that's my goal every week. For all of the returning listeners, I'm super grateful for you. And the show has gained a lot of traction over the last year. As I'm recording this, it has been a year since I recorded the first episode for the W2 Prison Break show. So I just wanted to take a moment here and share my gratitude for all of you who have listened, given me feedback, who have left ratings, who have left reviews, and you continue to show up every week. means a lot to me. I'm just doing my best to get better and better so that I continue to bring on the guests that can speak to you, that can help you get out of that W-2 job and get you into the business of your dreams. So today we're talking to a guy by the name of Alex Sheridan. And I found Alex through his social media posts. This guy has amazing, amazing content. I have not seen anything like it. He's really thinking outside the box, particularly as it relates to LinkedIn. And we're going to talk about the opportunity that probably most of you are missing if you have a business or if you have a side business on this platform. Alex is going to break down what the opportunity is and how to take advantage of it in today's market. Alex was in business sales for 10 years. So he did have a W-2. You're going to hear about how he broke out and he started his own business. He became an entrepreneur And again, we're just going to get into some really, really cool strategy about how to lead with video versus cold calling and cold DMing people. He's got some great stuff we're going to talk about. So I've spoken enough about him. Let's get to this great guy and right to the episode. 
Alex, welcome to the W2 Prison Break Show, man. I'm so happy to have you. I look forward to chatting with you. Pleasure to be here, brother. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we're going to talk about some really cool stuff today about what you're doing with your video content. For the listeners, the reason Alex is on the show is because I love his content and he does some really cool stuff. And I hope he tells me how he gets the whole stuff in his hand and it shows up magically. Like, I can't get over that. I don't know how he does it. But in all seriousness, though, Alex, you were in, we all want to hear the W2 prison break story, right? You got a business now, you're helping people. We're going to get into that. But what was Alex doing prior to that? And what made you decide to start your own business and become an entrepreneur? Yeah. So I was in B2B sales for 10 years, had a pretty good career, moved to a couple of different companies, worked in corporate the last six years and was building a nice career for myself. And, you know, it's funny, I always have kind of entrepreneurial tendencies. Like for example, I wrote a book and I never published it or anything, but as I was working my corporate job, like I wrote a book on sales, like that's not something normal people do. And I would develop all these training programs and systems and I'd like to coach other people. And so in a lot of ways, I was like, I was kind of going that direction. And in 2019, I decided, you know, I really need to take this chance. I really need to go for it and put myself out there and try to start this side hustle. I had no clue what I was doing. I didn't know how to grow a business. I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship, but I knew that I had a desire to make it work. So the long story short of this is that I started putting out content on LinkedIn, in late, you know, late 2019. And I was putting out sales stuff, leadership stuff, because I wanted to help companies grow their business. I was going to teach them how to develop better sales training programs, systems and processes, all that stuff that my large corporate company taught me. And then I learned from actually doing it every single day. And I started putting out content and I started to realize within a matter of maybe two to three months, it clicked in my head and I said, wait a second, I think how people buy nowadays versus how they used to buy has changed. And I think more people are hopping on LinkedIn, more people are getting educated, more people are consuming video content, more people are social selling. The buyer to customer dynamic is changing. And I also saw that customers were starting to come to me by putting out content. And so for me, it was like going from the hunter to being the hunted. Well, that was a game changer for me. And that was brand new because I was used to cold calling. I was knocking on doors. I had to hunt down every single opportunity I had. So I made that pivot to say, I'm, I'm not going to focus on the sales consulting. I'm going to focus on social selling, LinkedIn, creating video content that helps people sell more, but just in a different way because I really understood the customer from being in sales. So I started slow, so January 2020, now I make this change. I get my first customer February 2020. And then six months later, I'm putting in my two weeks notice at my corporate job because I was actually making more money in my side hustle than I was my corporate job. Awesome. And that's the goal, right? Okay. Can you go back to that timeline again? So you started in 19 and when did you get your first customer? In that business, it was February 2020. Okay. And then six months later, you were- yep putting in the notice. Okay. Which yeah. is tremendous results. Congrats and phenomenal. A couple of things you said that resonated with me that I just want to pick apart here a bit. You said you wanted to take a chance on you. You had this entrepreneurial tendency as you referred to it. Did you have any fears or doubts and did anybody help you or did you just kind of bootstrap it, do it all on your own? No, no one helped me. I mean, I think to be honest, I was at that particular time in my life, I was going through a rough time personally. I was going through a divorce I was moving out of a condo into a one-bedroom apartment. I have two daughters. So learning how to be a single dad, going through a divorce. And in my career was not, I had some success in my career, but I moved divisions in this new division. It was just going to be a slow build. And I definitely could have done it, but my heart wasn't in it anymore. So it was like this long, you know, it's going to take two or three years to build. And I'm just like, I don't even want to be here in a year from now. You know, so like 
I wasn't the happiest in my career. I'm going through this personal stuff. And so for me, it was more like that challenge really drove me that being in those painful moments where it was like, you're kind of hitting the bottom here and you got an opportunity to bounce back up better than ever. And you got an opportunity to kind of hit reset a little bit on life and think about what is the life that you want to build? If you want to do this business thing, now's a pretty damn good time to go for it because you've kind of got nothing else to lose. You know, what kind of father do I want to be? All these things that I thought about. And it was through that moment that really gave me the inspiration to say, let's take a chance. Let's take a risk. And from that point forward, man, I really, I would say that I'm pretty open to risk. I'm not someone that's scared by risk. Like I'm willing to take chances. I've kind of always been that way. So for me, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, what if it doesn't work? Or what if I was always just like, this is plan A, there is no plan B. I'm going to make, now this is early. This is like January, 2020, when I started feeling this way. Yeah. When I was locked in on what I wanted to do, I was like, there's no plan B. It's plan A. I either make it or I die. It's this way or the highway. Like this is it. I put all my eggs in that basket and it worked out. I'm so glad you share that. And thanks for the vulnerability too and sharing some of your personal story. But I think it's super important for the listeners to understand everything that you just said. Like this is the mindset of the entrepreneurial, of the entrepreneur and the winning mindset. Like, hey, I'm doing this. Like I'm not giving up. Like this is going to happen. Doesn't matter how long it takes. And then I love that you really didn't overthink it. You said, hey, I got this skill in my job. Like I'm good at sales. I'm good at, I can teach it to people, right? I think a lot of people get lost when they look at, okay, what could my side hustle be? What is my skill? What could my business be? And it's like, look at what you're doing right now. Would you agree? Yeah, I think that's the best place to look, right? Assuming that what you're doing is something that you feel like you want to build something off of. Like if you're doing something that you absolutely hate, <laughs> then it might be a good idea to look at some other things, but yeah. it's a good way to start building skills. I mean, you need to learn how to be an entrepreneur, right? And there's a lot of like grinding and hard work and that kind of like the stereotypical stuff. But there's also just knowing how to like price products and how to market and how to, you know, there's a lot of other things involved. So I think if you've got something that you know how to do and you've got an expertise that you already have, there's a great opportunity for you to take that and be able to monetize it by teaching other people, coaching, you know, developing a product or a system out of it or whatever it might be. But that typically is a good place to start. Yeah, no, great share. And then I love what you said about your becoming the hunted, right? And with video content and how people buy now. I mean, I couldn't possibly agree more. I mean, I haven't bought anything from you. However, I've been watching your stuff for a long time, right? And I've seen your content. And it got to the point where I was like, okay, I need to have this guy on the show. And I reached out to you. So, I mean, the stuff works. That would not have happened if you had not been creating your video content. And let's get into that. You know, I want to talk a lot about what you're doing on LinkedIn and your business and, you know, and who you help and what you do. And again, I just think your stuff's awesome. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Yeah. So LinkedIn is your go-to spot. Why do you choose that platform? I don't know a lot about it. So, you know, let's give some education to the listeners here. You know, I'm on different platforms, but why LinkedIn? So if you're in B2B and you're trying to grow your business through content, through marketing, you have to be on LinkedIn. And I'll tell you what, one, all of your customers are there. And if you don't believe me, go to Sales Navigator, which is a tool in LinkedIn. It's a paid tool, but it's like 99 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And go search people by job title by industry, by location, by if they've posted content in the last 30 days, there's a million different search tools that you can use in there. And you can literally pull up a list of every single person and how active they are on LinkedIn. 
So if you're in B2B, in most cases, 99% of the time, your customers are there. Not only are they there, but they're consuming content. They've got a buyer's mentality. They've got a business mentality. They want to be educated. They want to be edutained. They want to be inspired. They want to learn new things. And so that's an opportunity for you to show up every single day and make an impact and see that impact convert into actual customers and becoming the trusted leader in your industry, which is the goal. Secondly, there's an insane amount of organic reach. It's crazy. Like it's way better, in my opinion, than most other platforms that are out there right now. Maybe TikTok is close because it's different and you've got some great organic reach opportunity there in a different way. But LinkedIn, I'm telling you, you could have 500 followers and have posts that get seen by tens of thousands of business people. I quit my job and pursued, you know, LinkedIn and content social selling full time. And the bulk of my business came from LinkedIn. I think I had maybe six or 7,000 followers there. So it wasn't like I have, you know, a million followers and went viral every single day. Mm-hmm. It's creating the right kind of content, getting in front of the right kind of audience or target customer, and just consistently doing that over time. And then making sure your profile is a client attracting profile and that you've got things set up to where when they get to you, they know exactly what you do and how you do it. And they know where to go from there to be able to move down that buyer journey. But it's for those two reasons, your customers are swarming all over LinkedIn and then there's amazing organic reach. And I think if you just think about it from, it's almost like a virtual networking event. It's the largest business community in the world. And so it's like, if you're in B2B and you're not showing up there, like you're just, you're not showing up to the largest business community in the world. And so a lot of people do conferences and like in-person stuff. And that's cool. I do those too. Those are awesome. But my philosophy is I'm going to be seen by millions of people a year business people every single year on LinkedIn. And I'm going to be seen by sitting in my office or outside my porch or wherever I'm at, because I'm creating content in the feed every single day. Awesome. I didn't know those two things. So thanks for sharing about LinkedIn, the organic reach. I wasn't sure. And then you dropped a good tip on the sales navigator there. All right. So I've always thought of LinkedIn. Again, I'm missing the boat here, clearly, Alex. So thanks for the advice personally. (laughs) But I've always just thought of it as, you know, you're just typing a bunch of stuff, right? It's all text, you know, or it's a photo and then you're, it's a, there's no video. I mean, I see it, but that's the way I've always thought about the platform. And to me, that's boring. And you're saying that it's completely opposite. Well, LinkedIn has changed dramatically. So if you look at the, and they're going through, a, I mean, it's been a rebrand the last few years, if you really think about it, because to your point, there's still a lot of people right now in the general public that when you say LinkedIn, they go, LinkedIn, like the place where, yeah, there's a bunch of text posts or you're trying to find a job. Isn't that where I would like put my resume and stuff? Like I'm not looking for a job. Why would I go to LinkedIn? That's because they're a 20 year old platform that for 15, 16 of those years, that's the main function that they did, right? They were for job seekers and people seeking talent. And then the last five, maybe six years, they branched out, you know, they got, of course, bought by Microsoft. And they started becoming a more content-driven platform. And then you started to see more video content, especially in 2019, 2020, video really started to kind of take off. And now you see more personal journey stories. You see client success stories. You see people doing edutainment like myself, right? So it's really become, I don't want to say like a Facebook for business because I hate saying that because I don't think that's the best way to say it because I really value LinkedIn. But if you think about it being like a more personal feed where you're going to see stories about people and their family or taking a vacation or, you know, starting their business or having a business failure and what they learned from it, or somebody talking about how they sold their company, you know, there's going to be a ton of different stories on there and types of content. Now it's much more diverse. 
And so I think if you're still thinking of it like that old LinkedIn, you're probably not going to be super intrigued to go on there. But I would challenge everyone to get on there, engage on there, train the LinkedIn algorithm, which is just by engaging with the type of content that you want to see more of. It's going to start showing you more of that content and really put yourself out there. Because again, there's 800 million plus people on there and it's a business community. The organic reach is good and your customers are there and it's worth showing up. It's fun. Hey there, back to the episode in just a moment. Are you a homeowner in the Chicagoland area who's struggling to sell your home or even own nothing and looking to maximize your price before the market slides? Are you tired of the traditional home selling process that takes months and costs you thousands in fees and repairs? Whether you're facing foreclosure, going through a divorce, or simply need to sell your home fast, WeBuyHousesChicago.org can help. We've been buying homes in Chicago since 2019, and we specialize in helping sellers who are stuck. Unlike traditional real estate buyers, we buy homes as is and can close in as little as seven days. No repairs, no inspections, and no fees. Just a fast, hassle-free sale. Let WeBuyHousesChicago.org help you sell your home and move on to the next phase of your life. Call or text us today at 312-500-6121. If you know someone who is struggling to sell their home or simply just wants top price, please share this message with them. As a listener of the W2 Prison Break Show, WeBuyHousesChicago.org will pay you for your referral. If you send us a referral and we buy their house, we will pay you a $1,000 referral fee. Simply have your referral mentioned the W2 Prison Break Show. Let's get back to the show. You're making it sound fun for sure. And I'm going to take your advice. Now, there's a lot of people listening to the show, Alex, that are, you know, they're in a W2. They got a side hustle. Maybe I mean, they could be a full-fledged business owner. They're doing what I'm doing, which is focusing on other platforms and not being on LinkedIn. What are some of the things that, and maybe you could share a client story potentially of what they should do once they get on LinkedIn and really start optimizing, as you say, training the algorithm? Yeah, there's three key components to winning on LinkedIn. One, you need a client attracting profile, which means that if I land on your profile, I use the seven second rule. If I land your, on your LinkedIn profile, and this would go for your website too, and I can't tell within seven seconds or less exactly what you do and probably who you even do it for, you're missing the mark, right? Because even if you're getting people to come to your profile, maybe they're seeing some of your comments or your content, whatever it is, they're getting on there and they're going, I don't even know what this person does, right? Like, so they're lost. They're going to bounce off, right? You've got a high bounce rate. Like you're not going to convert profile views to booked calls or customers. You also want to have reviews and testimonials, recommendations. You know, you want to load up that featured content section with social proof and paths to conversion. Where do you want to take people, right? So that's number one in terms of just the profile. Number two is you want to have a solid content strategy for LinkedIn. And can some of the content work on other platforms? Of course, right? Some of the vertical short form videos I post on LinkedIn, definitely go on TikTok, definitely go on YouTube shorts and Instagram reels sometimes, right? So there is some cross-pollination for sure. But you also need to know the nuances of LinkedIn, which is that, yeah, text is more important even when you do create a video, right? Because some people scroll and they read the text first and then they may go to the video, some people are vice versa. You need to know that picture post perform extremely well. If you're telling a compelling story, and I'll give you a quick example. I have a client who just, his company just got acquired about three weeks ago. Software company, the CEO of the company who acquired his company, 
told him, I saw every single one of your LinkedIn videos, Robert. That was the CEO of the company that acquired his business. So that's powerful stuff. That means he was, for the past year or so, building a brand, building trust, building credibility with this person. And then they went to acquire a company. It was his. So I did a picture post about, it was me and him. Yeah. And I just shared the story. And I said, when your company gets acquired for a multi-million dollar deal, and then the CEO of the company says, I saw every single one of your videos. Well, that's pretty damn impressive. That makes you believe in the ROI of video on LinkedIn, right? And so I told the story and I was like, but it didn't begin there. It started here back in 2021 when I first started working with Robert. And this is what happened. And I kind of go through the story and I talk about the problem or the villain and then the solution and the hero, which is the client. And then kind of the ending, right? So if you can tell compelling stories like that, that one post booked me six meetings and had 80,000 views and over 2,000 were founders. And I think another, well, combining CEO, president, co-founder was another probably four or 5,000. So that's a really massive, in fact, if you told anyone, I'll get you in the room with 5,000 founders, CEOs, presidents, co-founders. I think people would pay good money and assuming that they're all in the business field B2B area and you sold to those folks, I think people would pay good money to get in front of that room. Yet you can reach that amount of people in that target demographic every single week on LinkedIn, but people are not putting out the right content or enough of the right content to make that happen. Yeah. Wow. What a great story on that CEO guy. That's because he didn't really have to do anything. I mean, in terms of going to find a, somebody to buy his business, it just, just followed your strategy. Was there a third step or did you already go over that? Oh, yeah. So number three. So those are the two biggest ones, but I would say equally as important though, especially on LinkedIn, this is not as relevant for other platforms. The third one would be creating a connection and engagement strategy. So the biggest mistake people make on LinkedIn is they show up and they don't talk to anyone. And it's like a virtual networking event, right? So you have to show up and you have to actually communicate to people. If you think about it, I always say it's like you think about it, you show up to an actual live conference. The stage might be your content where you're talking to the audience, right? You're delivering value, okay? Then you come down to the round tables and you start having conversations with people. And that's you engaging with people in the comments, right? You're, oh, this was great. What about this? Hey, I, something I also want to share with that is this, right? You're just starting conversations. And then you've got the one-on-one -on -one conversations, which are more of the DMs, sending connection requests, you know, sending people video DMs, audio DMs, text DMs. And so you've got to have a plan to when you show up to LinkedIn to find your ideal clients and be engaging with them on at least a little bit of a consistent basis, Monday through Friday at minimum. So where you're getting in their feeds, you're having conversations, they're getting in your feeds. And by, you know, you have to have the communication and engagement aspect to make LinkedIn work. Yeah. I have no doubt that you have a bunch of strategies to help your clients with that because most people probably don't know how to execute what you just said. Like maybe give a tip or two, like what might be appropriate for a DM, because it's completely different. I mean, I get, we were talking a little bit offline. I mean, yeah. my, DM, my DM feed is just all people trying to sell me stuff that I, I'm not even in that business and they're trying to sell it to me. Yeah. I mean, we kind of have a four-step process that works best in terms of sending, even if it's not video DMs, but just DMs in general on LinkedIn. If you want to convert your LinkedIn DMs to conversations, which is what we're all really trying to do when we DM someone, right? We're trying to book a call with them and see if they'd be a fit. Yep. There's four key aspects, right? So the first one is search. You got to know how to search for your ideal client. And if you're using Sales Navigator, that's a brilliant tool. And it's going to give you a 50 trillion more options than traditional LinkedIn will give you. Although on LinkedIn, you can search based on job title, geographical area, industry, things like that. So first you search, you find the right people. 
Second, when you can build lead list out in Sales Navigator, which is really cool, you can save people to a lead list. And it's really, it is all like a mini CRM. I hate to call it that because it's not that, but yeah. the easiest way for me to describe it right now, someone that didn't know what it was, is kind of a mini CRM for LinkedIn. Okay. The second thing you'd want to do, you go from search, then you go to engage. So you don't send a connection request right or right. You don't look to DM them right away. You look to engage with their content. Why do we want to engage with their content? Because we want to build some familiarity and we want to create some context with them. We want to start to bridge the gap between, I don't know who the hell you are, so why are you DMing me? To, oh yeah, I know Alex or Frank or Sally or Sue. They commented in my last couple of posts, right? Or my last video that I made. Oh, cool. They're a supporter, not necessarily a salesperson, right? We want to show up as supporters instead of salespeople. The third thing you want to do at that point, then you can send a connection request. Right. So then, and again, you can skip these steps. If you want to send a connection request right away and go for it, that's okay. There's different ways to do it, but I'm giving you the perfect scenario. Yeah. So then we send a connection request and the connection request, if we've engaged with their content, should be something very simple. And it should be like, hey, Johnny, Susie, whoever I'm sending it to, I saw your recent post on X, Y, and Z, really loved your take on this, this, and this. I've had a similar experience with this, whatever you want to say, right? Would love to connect with you. Hope to see more of your content in my feed. Something very simple. That's not, this is my product. This is what I do. This is, I'd love to set up a call with you. It's just not the time. It's not the time and the place. Similar to at a conference, if you first started talking with someone, you'd probably have a little bit of a conversation or talk about some of the things that you had been talking about at the table. You wouldn't be like, hey, so can we book a call? <laughs> it wouldn't land, right? Right. So then fourth, then once we get past all that, they accept our connection request, then we can go ahead and message them, right? And I'm not going to come out if I was booking a call with you, right? I wouldn't come out and say, hey, I love to schedule time with you, right? I love to book a call with you. We got services, we do video, we do LinkedIn, this, this, and this. No, I wouldn't do that because it's not going to get a good response, right? Instead, what I'm going to do is reach out and say, hey, I, I saw your recent post about doing podcasting or whatever it is. You know, one of the things that most people don't know about podcasting is that if the micro clips, the video clips from the podcast are the fastest way to promote your own podcast. I'd love to share a couple of things with you, just a couple of tips and tricks that we've learned over the last couple of years from chopping up a trillion podcasts. But if that's something you're interested in, I'm happy to share it with you for free. Let me know if you want to chat. It's something that simple, but it's valuable to the person. And so then you can take that. Now you're starting a conversation based off, I've got some substance and some value to share with you versus I'm going to get on here and pitch you my product or service. And then once you get on that call, obviously you start talking about some of the things and you can then it leads, usually typically it leads to a business conversation. So yeah. you have to lead with something that you create context and familiarity. You start to build a little bit of a relationship and then you lead with just a valuable way to start a conversation with them that they'd want to say, I want to take that call because I'm curious about what you said. That's really interesting. Like, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. I'd answer that DM. <laughs> drop that in my there you go, man. I mean, that's the type, again, you know, you're speaking to what my need could be, right? And I'm a podcaster, right? So, all right. And that's one of the reasons I reach out to you because your micro clips are just so super awesome. So I know that's something you help people with. I don't want you to give away your secrets, but I've not seen anybody do what you do. I've been on a lot of social media. So is that something that you've just kind of you know, trial and error or, or did you, I mean, you seem to have kind of really hit your sweet spot and it's super, super engaging. Like I just, me personally, it's hard for me to take my eyes off of it. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I think, you know, the thing with me is I'm always learning and trying to get better. So it's never like, I feel like I've found something that is like, man, this is it. We got it. Right. I'm always like, man, how can we make this better? How can we do this? How can we get more of this? How can we, you know? So for me, it's like, I'm always in that uncomfortable space. 
And I think that's one of the keys to life, business, entrepreneurship, being a content creator. What most people do is they get comfortable in one thing and they just do that for a long time. For me, I like to live in the uncomfort zone. I want to constantly be uncomfortable. And it's not to say that I don't, I do, I do stick with things that work, right? Like I stay the course, I have a vision, I stay with my, I work my strategy. It's not to say you do a lot of different things. It's just to say, how can I continue to push myself? How can I do something that makes me go, Ooh, I've never done this before. This is, this is a little out of the box, you know? So it's like knowing what's working and continuing to drive that home, but also not being afraid to test and try different things and continue to grow all the time. And that's, you asked about trial and error. I mean, that's how we figured all this out because I tested and tried a million different ways to make videos. And I still am in a lot of ways, whether that's long form, short form podcasts, interview clips, original clips, outside, inside, edutainment, skip videos, rap battles. Like we've done a lot of different stuff. So for me, it's like, if I'm going to be, you know, my whole thing with the content is that I have a philosophy around content that's different than everyone else. And that is that I have a goal and something that we teach our clients to do is to lead through video, lead through content. I want to become an industry leader. And to do that, I need to be on the forefront. I need to be putting myself out there. I need to be transparent and open and honest, and I need to take chances and I need to impact other people. And I need to be, if I say to do something, I need to be able to do that myself. So for me, it's like, that's my mindset is my goal is to be an industry leader. And I want people to come to us because we are the leaders. Awesome. I love it. Lead through video. That's a great statement. I wrote it down. And being uncomfortable. I mean, that's something that we all need to do. I'm kind of at that point personally in my life where I'm getting a bit too comfortable. So you always have to recognize that and look for the stuff that can push you and push you forward so you can continue to expand. Because here's what's going to happen. Like, yeah. this is what always happens. When you get too comfortable and you stay comfortable, something's going to come along and make you very uncomfortable. Something's going to change, whether it's a social platform, a content style, a business move, a technology like AI. Something's going to come along and force you to be really uncomfortable. I don't want to have to wait for something to come along and make me uncomfortable. I want to kind of live in the uncomfort zone so that I'm constantly growing, trying new things, looking to see what's happening, what's working, what's not working, so that something's not going to come along and like disrupt me, right? I'm already disrupting my own stuff. I'm trying to put myself out of business every single day. That is my number one goal. It's like, how do I would I put myself out of business? Like AI is coming. Hmm, how would I put myself out of business if I was running an AI-based video company? Oh, let me do that, right? And I'm just always thinking of next level ways to try to, uh, again, it's all to get better. It's all to get better for as a company. It's also to get better as from our clients so we can help serve our clients better. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Put myself out of business every day. I've never heard anybody say that. So Really? No, but that lands very well. Speaking of AI, I mean, this is a hot topic and I know you're into this, right? And then you have a show around AI, correct? Yeah. A podcast. Yeah. Humans and AI. Yeah. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, it's relatively new. I mean, I know it's been around for a bit, but it seems to be all the rage here these days. I don't think people are fearful. Am I going to lose my job? Is it going to re- you know, replace jobs? I mean, high level, what are your thoughts on it? I think it's going to be one of the most disruptive technologies since the internet. It's really going to change a lot of things in our life. I think it's going to probably be more disruptive than the internet was. If you think about how fast things have evolved over the last six months, even four months, it's been like this, right? It's been so wild. Yeah. So it's very new, but I think it's really going to, we definitely will put some people out of a job. It definitely will eliminate jobs, some, 
But I think more than not, it will force people to use some of these tools and technologies to do their job better and more efficiently. And there's going to be some people that adapt that and move on and thrive with it. And then there's going to be some people that unfortunately don't, and they stick with what they have always known. And unfortunately, those jobs will either become obsolete or they'll become so in abundance and there's not a high demand for them, they're going to get squeezed. So, you know, it's a balance with anything, right? Like it's when AI came along and we saw it as an opportunity. That's why I started the podcast. I was like, I'm going to dive right in again. I'm in my uncomfort zone. This is what I do, right? So I'm like, cool, let's dive in. Let's see how it can impact our business, our clients. Let's see where the threats are. Let's see what the opportunities are and let's go make something happen. But I'm also not changing everything about our business because of AI, right? There's certain things that we need to do as humans, I still believe in creating human content. I don't have, you know, an AI avatar out there making videos for me. You know, there's certain things where I think it's like, that's why the podcast is humans and AI. It's like, what's the relationship between the human and the AI? And right now the AI is, and hopefully this is how it always is, the AI should be a tool that helps humans do their jobs better and more efficiently. Love it. I love it. You adapt. That was a word I underlined. I mean, you do have to adapt when these, as you said, these disruptive things are coming. Otherwise, yes. you're just going to get blown away, right? Alex, what's the best way for, you know, someone wants to work with, they want to learn more. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? LinkedIn's always great. You know, go to my LinkedIn profile, send me a connection request, send me a message. If you want to work with me, book a call. If you go to my website, it's probably the best place to go to learn more about what we do and how we do it. Pricing, everything is out there. Again, I talk about leading through video, becoming an industry leader. I mean that not just through the content on LinkedIn and TikTok and other places. I mean that even being transparent and open and honest. And that's what great leaders do. They're willing to share things, put themselves out there. So on our website, we have video content. We answer common questions that customers have about our industry, products and services, that kind of stuff. And then we have the different offerings that we have and we list off the pricing for every single one of them. I love that. Very transparent. Yep. What would you say to, because there's a lot of people out there that maybe aren't, they're a little camera shy, right? Great business owners, they're a little bit afraid of video. Do you run into that? And how do you help with that block, if you will? It depends on the individual, right? So there's some people that say that, they'll say I'm camera shy or I'm not good on camera. They'll make a lot of those statements. And a lot of times when you peel that back, I'll ask a question like, well, how many times have you made a video? How many videos have you really made? And if the answer is I really haven't made any, or I've made a couple, then of course you're going to be uncomfortable. (laughs) Of course. I mean, of course you're not going to be amazing at it the day one that you start making videos. When have you been amazing at anything that you just started day one, the first month, the first two months? If you started to bowl and you were never have bowled in your life, or you started taking up golf lessons and you had never golfed or basketball or anything, you're not going to be amazing. So I think in a lot of cases that almost becomes the excuse Versus actually getting out there and saying, let me go create 50 videos. So maybe I don't post them. Maybe I do, but let me just see what I got. Let me see what I can do. I don't see it any different than if you can communicate with a person on a Zoom call. I don't see how it's so far off from that. Because literally I could create content by getting on a video call with somebody, press and record. We could have a conversation, ask each other insightful questions that have to do with our industry. And that would be valuable to our audience. And I could record that. So it's like, I really don't. And here's what I, the flip side of this is this, is if you're like, I've tried video, it's just not for me. I really hate it. I don't see myself doing it. Cool. Then there's other ways to create content. You know, you can do text posts, pictures, you can do graphics, you can do audio, you can do a podcast. 
there are other ways to do it. Maybe you've got someone else in the company or organization that wants to run with the video side of things if you've got a company, but you can't let it be an excuse to create no content. That's the thing. I agree 100%. So that's a great answer. I really love that. So we'll leave the links to get in touch with you, your LinkedIn profile, your website, and the show notes. Guys, I would encourage you to, number one, take Alex's advice and get your LinkedIn profile straight and use them for his help. I'm certainly going to get my profile straight because mine is not. So everyone's going to hold me accountable for that. (laughs) Alex, I really appreciate the insight and for teaching us today. I learned a lot. I know the listeners did too. Any final thoughts or anything that you wanted to share that maybe I didn't get to ask you that you feel that they need to be left with today? I just can't stress enough how important you know, putting yourself out there and creating even especially short form video content now is on social media. You've got an opportunity now. It's one of the fastest ways to grow a business because you can put yourself out there and you can see very quick hits and success, whether it's LinkedIn, TikTok, and you know, wherever you are, you know, putting content out there in general is the fastest way to grow your business. And it's also the one that you can do yourself in a lot of ways in the beginning. And maybe at some point you'll hire a team and editors and that kind of stuff. But in the beginning, you can make a post today. You can make a post, right? You can make a post for the next month straight and you can win clients. And that didn't cost you any money, even though it cost you your time, but you're also building skill with that time. And if you're someone that's like, I have no clue where to start and this sounds really intimidating and I just don't even know like what I would do to even begin this journey, then get someone that does know. For me, if you're interested, I've got the lead through video experience, which is on our website. And it's a course for $4.99. There's video, there's downloads, there's guides. I talk about strategy, tactics, techniques, AI, video editing for yourself, like a ton of valuable things in there. If you went through that whole thing and you actually followed it, you would guaranteed to have success. So, you know, and there's a lot of free resources too, right? I put out content every single day on LinkedIn, YouTube, the podcast. So get the resources, get the help you need, make the investment in yourself, build the one thing that you'll have the rest of your life. And that is the highest value asset that you'll ever have, which is your personal brand. Love it. Love it. Your course sounds like a no brainer to me. That's a great way to end it, Alex. I appreciate you giving us the time today and, you know, good to meet you. We're sort of kind of neighbors and, you know, look forward to continuing the conversation. Everyone make it a great day. Wow, what a great episode. That was a fun conversation with Alex. And again, I'm just kind of still taken aback by the fact that I was watching this guy's videos for a long period of time and then just decided to reach out on LinkedIn and now he's on my podcast. That's how simple it is to connect with people. We make it way too difficult in our head. And again, you're hearing another story about somebody who worked in W2 and was just took what he was doing in his W-2 job and turned it into a business, okay? These guests that I'm bringing on and the stories that you're hearing, I want you to understand that these people are not any better than you. They're not different than you. And they're telling you this. They're just believing in themselves. They're taking action and they're pushing all their chips in and they're not going to give up. If you can follow that formula and you have a good idea for a business, then that's going to be the key to your success. I'll see you next week.